Hello, and welcome to Flourish, where we explore together how to nurture, coach, and inspire the children we love to let their genius bloom. I'm your host, Diane Flanadin, and being a parent is the hardest job I've ever had. So I created this outlet where we could reach a global community with a common interest in raising the children we love with all our heart. We're going to discuss different stages, different experiences, so we can all learn together. What experience have you had that you feel will help others? When you listened to your inner voice, your sixth sense, your intuition, and it made a difference. Or maybe you've learned something the hard way by experience and your hindsight has taught you well. Today I was thinking I've learned many things the hard way. Many lessons through hindsight, including lessons my own child helped me learn. The important word here is learning. Hindsight is the ability to understand an event or situation only after it's happened, according to the online Cambridge Dictionary. The ability to understand, to understand, I think that's key. It's only effective if you actually digest what you've learned and realize that hindsight can be very powerful for our future endeavors. Master motivator Zig Ziglar used to say, Hindsight is worth a lot if you learned from it, and it's worth even more if it's another's hindsight you're learning from. I think that's fantastic. Maybe, just maybe, my experience I'm going to share with you on today's show will be the latter. Wouldn't it be nice to know that hindsight is more valuable if it's another person's experience and saves you the discomfort of learning the hard way? When I thought of hindsight and lessons learned from someone else, I first started thinking about Shakespeare. As young students in high school, we are all bound to be exposed to Shakespeare, or at least I hope so. And an all-time favorite of mine is Romeo and Juliet. Young loves fighting for their relationship, trusting their gut instinct that their love was meant to be not wanting to live if they couldn't be together. For me, Romeo and Juliet wasn't just about a feud of families. It wasn't just about a young couple's loss of each other, a great love lost. It was also about parents and parenting. Romeo and Juliet's parents weren't listening. Their parents weren't paying attention. Their parents could have saved their lives if they would have trusted the needs of their children rather than being led by their emotions. I wonder, were devout parents shunned in that century? I'm not an expert on Shakespeare nor romantic tragedies, but I did pay attention, perhaps from a different angle than expected when reading Shakespeare. For never was a story of more woe than this of Juliet and her Romeo. How eloquent is that? Perhaps a bit dramatic of me to point out how some people learn the hard way. How tragedy brought the feud of the families to an end. But a lesson well learned when I realized that Shakespeare 
for me, taught me that hindsight is more valuable if it's another person's experience. It's amazing. He wrote that around 1594, and it's still as eloquent today as it was back then. So thank you, William Shakespeare. Alas, we cannot always live vicariously through others or in romantic settings such as Verona. Of course, there are many experiences in life to learn from. So I wanted to share you my hindsight realized through my son Nicholas's eyes. Maybe, just maybe, there's a parent or a child or a teacher or a mentor out there that has seen these signs I'm about to discuss. Maybe their spider senses are tingling and they want to take the leap don't have the confidence to speak up and take action, to know in your heart that your child is not an inconvenience when those around you seem to think otherwise. When my baby genius was evolving, before he was even one years old, he showed strong development, which to be honest at the time, I didn't realize. He never crawled, just went from the carrier one day to walking one day, or so it feels that way. I remember an evening so vividly to this day, I can see the events unfold in my mind's eye. After Nicholas was born, we were bound and determined that our lives were not going to change just because of this tiny human. We love to have formal dinner parties, love entertaining, love cooking. And I remember this one evening being so excited for the menu. We had made tiny bellinis adorned with creme fraiche caviar and a sprig of fresh dill. Our friends really appreciated our culinary efforts. So we learned how to do these things and took pleasure in learning a bit of uh, culinary craft. A little vouvclicot, vouv is that how you pronounce it? Bubbly, from uh, that's from the Champagne region of France. It was a perfect pairing to sip as we mingled and made up stories determined to impress. For those a little more adventurous, we had chilled velvety vodka shots, which adorned the caviar. Um, it was reflecting in the polish of the silver. It was just, it was glimmering. I, I'm going to recreate that. I loved it. It was so divine as my little angel was asleep through our appetizer indulgence. How wonderful is this? The table was set in a fall motif. I love setting a good table. It had gourds and golden candlelight and tiny metal stars sprinkled all upon a black tablecloth. It really enhanced the drama. I know tablecloths aren't that popular, but I like them. Place settings with glimmering chargers and we had these tiny silver dogs to hold one's knife, and little menus at each place setting. Oh, the ambiance was complete. As we all sat at our place cards and placed a crisp linen napkin upon our laps, the stage was set. We were all aglow and ready for our senses to be dazzled. Our gourmet dinner began with a beautiful roasted red pepper soup with just a hint of orange pepper soup to complete it uh, for, you know, like with a contrast. It was so beautiful. A bold Chateau Neuf de Pop. I love red wine with dirt in it, let me tell you. That's from the Rhone wine region in southeastern France. Oh, what a fine accompaniment on that chilly fall evening. 
As we toasted and wished each other a bon appetit, we were in an opulent state and the eight of us proceeded to have a joyous time. Enter Nicholas. <laughs> he was awake. Okay, that's okay. Who, who wouldn't be awake with all the chatter of our fine soiree? He wanted to be part of the action and was most likely hungry with a fresh palate and curious glance as to where those fine smells were originating from. I showed him around the kitchen and grabbed a bottle for him, along with a few tiny Bellinis, San Caviar, after all, they are miniature pancakes. And he had an appetite. Oh my gosh, he could eat. That boy could eat. He was growing very fast. So I brought him to the table in the dining area much to the chagrin of our friends, who turns out are not very fond of babies. They should have known he'd be home. Yeah. I placed him gently on our lovely hardwood floor and thought nothing was unusual as I continued to consume my roasted red pepper soup. And Nicholas was playing by my side and as usual, got bored very quickly and he decided at that moment to pull himself up on the window ledge and go for a walk. And as he stood there taking in the sparkling lights of the evening, it was around this time that the friends that did not particularly like tiny humans started becoming restless. This activity in the background was not to their liking. The intrusion of the noise and the distraction to their ever-important conversation was quite an annoyance. As a good hostess, I attempted to empathize with them, as life should continue to be grandiose, even with the addition to our family. It was at this point Nicholas decided to fall down on his poke pole and proceeded to cry. Okay, now I'm a mama bear and I've had about enough of empathizing with the guests and I jump into action to quiet my little bear, cuddle away the tears. Oh, I, I can still feel him in my arms. It's so wonderful. So not bad timing as we were now getting ready for to serve the next course. More wine, more tall tales and the addition of a high chair and we were all set. Now everybody would be happy. We could all enjoy the French lamb rack Dennis made, rosemary roasted potatoes and asparagus sauteed in garlic. Cooked al dente to perfection. As we all reveled in the meal, the room became quieter. But we could all feel the strain, not to mention the disdain. I therefore proceeded to focus my attention on Nicholas and feed him, and feed him, and feed him. And as the tension rose around the table, and you could feel it rising with this underlying venement, Nicholas did the only civilized thing possible in order to diffuse these underlying currents. He threw up all over my glamorous table setting. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. But I, I moved quickly, exit stage right, clean up my child, and I had immediate reprieve. Nicholas and I didn't surface again for the remainder of the meal.
I washed him up and changed him for bed. In the back of my mind, I'm sure I was hoping somebody cleaned up the table. We rocked together until he peacefully fell asleep. I made an appearance for the dessert, which was thankfully simple that night. Not the usual baking adorned with bling that would have required far more attention and preparation. Just crisp, fresh pears with walnuts and a slice of honeycomb. Have you ever seen that? Honeycomb? Yeah. If you love honey, you have to hunt down some honeycomb. I love it. A few cars, table water crackers, and local blue cheese to awaken the palate. A nice French sauterne, which I love. It's not as sweet as ice wine. Um, has a bit of dirt. No, not dirt. Like a musty grape that you can taste. I was starting to believe as we were enjoying our dessert, we'd recovered and would laugh about this evening for years to come. However, when our friends departed, they made a strange comment that evening. That perhaps we should wait to introduce Nicholas to them when he was older, and then he would be ready. He would be ready for their posh influence with promises to introduce him to the world of art and culture. Seriously? Seriously. I know, not everyone loves children. And that's okay. But to shun him until he's come of age and not even deign to get to know him during the most formative years. That was a lesson well learned that evening. We have never seen our so-called friends ever again. And for that they, yes they, have truly missed out on life. On having the opportunity to help shape a young mind, to have a positive influence and share their wealth of knowledge. How fantastic is that? But Nicholas's instincts were right on the money that night. Dare I say his own intuition. Now you may be thinking, of course, he threw up. He ate too much. That's what children do at that age. Well, it is a very difficult task to orchestrate. So based on the timing, I choose to believe that he knew something and had to show me the way. And I'm forever thankful that we nip that in the bud right away, right away. So as a parent, he had already taught me a huge lesson and I will continue to share many lessons Nicholas has taught me. Sometimes people are more interested in the moment. They don't think about the future and how to use their wisdom to grow the next generation. It's almost, it's almost as if he knew he had to take a stand for himself and his parents in order to remove the toxic environment disguised as friends. My child is not an inconvenience. Your child is not an inconvenience. No child is an inconvenience. Pay attention and they will amaze you. His walking expedition that night was a clear sign that my baby genius was evolving quickly right before my eyes. We continued to have dinner parties and we continued to include Nicholas in the festivities. 
No guest ever again viewed Nicholas as a burden to be seen and not heard. Because your child is not an inconvenience and they too are born with a natural instinct and intuition. And a funny thing I realized the other day, although that evening was full of stress, well, stress spelled backwards is desserts. So in a way, we got our just desserts. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. So thank you. Thank you so much for spending your precious time with me today. And I would love to hear from you. What experience have you had when you listened to your child, to yourself, and it made a difference? Because these stories are really helpful to share with one another as we learn and grow. Did your child show you their own intuitiveness and it impacted you to show you something new that you learned from them? Hindsight is 2020. And hindsight is more valuable if it's another person's experience. So I hope this story finds you when you need support to know that nurturing and caring for your child is always the right thing to do. Being a devoted parent is an admirable characteristic that children get inspired by. It means that you are dedicated to their well-being wholeheartedly. It doesn't mean you're a helicopter parent and you're hovering, not letting your child shine. I will speak more to that in future episodes. In the meantime, I would love it if you could please subscribe and consider leaving a gracious review and feedback. And feel free to share this show. If you would like to support the show, please visit the flourish.mom, that's M-O-M, website, and click on the Patreon link or join the community. Together, we will reach the global community around the world with a common interest in nurturing, coaching, and inspiring the children we love at any age to develop their genius and to let it flourish. You know, we are all born with a gift. We are all born with purpose. Life's journey is to hone and develop that gift as purpose changes within. And thank you, Nicholas, for being an amazing son and for the music composition for the show. I don't know if this is an inspirational quote or not, but I thought it was relevant to hindsight. The Dalai Lama says, the enemy is a very good teacher. That's hindsight. So thank you, my friends, for listening. Live well, and I'll see you next week.